Welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Here at QT, our mission is to provide teacher training for tutors. If you are a motivated tutor and you love to learn, the QT Podcast will inspire, motivate and support you to improve your practice. Because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference. This week, we'll be talking to our expert tutor, Franz Bolter, about best practice for motivating students, lessons Fran has learned from her many years teaching and, and tutoring experience, and, and top tips for those new to the world of tutoring. Hello, Fran, how are you doing? Hi, Ludo, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Very good. Welcome. Thanks. So I thought uh, we'd, we'd jump straight in with an initial question. So, Fran, what, what do you teach? I teach history and politics in an inner London secondary school, a comprehensive girls from 11 to 16 and mixed in the sixth form. And, and so could you give us a little uh, just sort of uh, introduction to your academic background, how you how you got into the world of, of teaching and, and education? Well, I wasn't intending to be a teacher. I was intending to be an actress. I'd always wanted to go on the stage and I read history at Cambridge and had an amazing time because I was always quite academic, but it was really with a view to being in the footlights and being in lots of plays and uh, and I did all of that stuff and it was wonderful. But when I left Cambridge, I went home to raise some money to go to drama school and I got a job in my old school. And I was given the task of setting up a new department for gifted and talented children, which was quite a new idea at the time. We now refer to sort of able children, but at the time it was gifted and talented. And I had the most amazing time and I wasn't expecting it at all. And I was doing all sorts of work, working in small groups, working in lessons, really inspiring children, doing trips and and, uh, doing access work with Oxford and Cambridge because the school I went to was a big comprehensive and and it was at a time where where they were trying to sort of open up to um, children from more diverse backgrounds. And then I went to India and did some charity work for a few months and was working in schools and uh, in a place where there was extreme poverty and education was just prized and valued above everything else. And then I came home and went to drama school and I'm crawling around on the floor pretending to be a cat thinking, what am I doing? And so, and so little by little, it just became clear that actually the skills that I had always, always assumed were meant for the stage, actually I could apply them in a different way and feel like I was doing something much more purposeful. So little by little, I actually started with tutoring. I really enjoyed it and was doing more and more and more and all the way through from 11 plus and GCSEs and A-levels in all sorts of subjects. I literally taught whatever people wanted. I said, sure, you know, physics, GCSE, sure. Yeah, I could teach Um, French degree level. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And I really, I really started to enjoy it. And little by little, it just became obvious this is what I should be doing. So I did a PGCE at the Institute of Education and I haven't looked back. So, Fran, what kind of student do you think you were? Did you, did you ever have a tutor yourself? So I never had a tutor. I grew up in Leicester in the 1980s and it just wasn't something that people did, as far as I know. It didn't really happen. It wasn't prevalent. It wasn't that sort of everyone had a tutor. Now, I think there's quite a lot of pressure, not even just amongst parents to tutor their children because they know <clears throat> that other parents are doing the same thing, but I think there's quite a lot of pressure 
from students themselves. They want tutoring because they know that other kids are being tutored. And I think it's kind of perpetuated this situation. As you can probably tell from a few minutes of speaking to me or listening to me, I'm a very enthusiastic person. And I was a very enthusiastic student. I loved school. I loved learning. I was very lucky because my parents really kind of imbued a sense of loving learning um, in me and my siblings. You know, every holiday we'd go to cultural places and we read a lot and we went to the theatre and museums. And so I have always just been surrounded by information and people who are inspiring me to see the wonder of just all the stuff there is to know in the world and also I read ever such a lot and I tell my students all the time I mean most of what I read is fiction but I tell my students that most of what I know about the world is from reading and how wonderful to have a hobby where the more you do it the cleverer you get and the more you know about the world I mean it's just I, yeah, I love reading. And so I'm I'm constantly learning. I love learning. My children get so annoyed with me. They say, stop teaching us things, mummy. I, I can't help it. So I was like that as a kid. And I had amazing teachers at, at school. Um, it was not a pressurised environment at all. What do you enjoy most uh, about your teaching and, and, and your tutoring? I really enjoy preparing young people for the world and showing them how being able to learn stuff is the best preparation for the world. And that if you enjoy learning stuff, then it's going to be a pleasurable experience and a pleasurable ongoing experience. And the better you get at learning stuff, the better you get at learning new stuff. And um, it just happens that the subject that I've chosen to specialize in means that the information I'm using to enable students to do that is completely fascinating all the time, but it's almost immaterial in a way. It's it's kind of the stories that furnish the skills that I am embedding. And I think it's really important that people know about history and know about the past and can analyze politics and, and can apply what they know to you know politics at the moment. But I don't really feel that that is the core of what I'm doing. And in fact, when people ask me, what's your subject? I say history, but the truth of it, my subject is teaching um, because mm -hmm. that is a subject in itself. And so that is what I really enjoy. Is that maybe what you see uh, as the point of you as a as a teacher uh, is that you're giving your students these life lessons that they can take on into their into their future careers? Yeah, absolutely. And I really um, for me, absolutely the key to good teaching and learning there's two. One is that everybody has to feel that there is purpose to what they're doing, the teachers and the students. Now, the teacher's going to come with a sense of purpose, but the students aren't necessarily going to have that. And I feel like it's really important that the teacher shows the students that there is purpose in what they're doing. So when I'm asking my students, I'm not just asking them to jump through hoops because I am a tyrant and I love doing that to students and then I'm going to read it and cover it in red pen. But that actually what I'm teaching you to do is to choose a side of an argument and persuade me that that is the right argument and to convince me by backing up everything you're saying with evidence that I can't argue with. And when you're looking at the counter argument, it's because if you don't, I'll say, well, haven't you thought about this? 
if you've thought about it and said how it's not as convincing as the last thing, then your argument's going to be stronger. And I love to show them how these are things that are going to be useful in the workplace, but they're also going to be useful in the pub. You know, you're going to have a, a conversation with someone and you, you're going to want to win the argument and you'll be able to because you've practiced it writing essays about William the Conqueror. So I so I really enjoy that. So purpose, I think, is absolutely key that the, that the student feels like there's a reason why they're doing the thing that they're doing. And I think when everybody feels that shared purpose together, um, that's what I love about the classroom is the fact that you are in this kind of gang together and you're creating this world and you're creating this this purpose that everybody's striving towards. But it doesn't work for everybody. And it's not that tutoring is doing something different, but it's allowing that individual student who's not getting that in the classroom, it's to give that to them individually so that they can then take that to the classroom and see that there is purpose to what's going on. And the second thing that I think is absolutely crucial to teaching and is part of what I really enjoy about it is relationships. And I think this is what makes really good teachers and really good tutors is that you've got to get to know your students as well as you possibly can. And partly that is knowing the kind of person they are and knowing the kind of things that they like doing so that you've got points of conversation. But it's also understanding how they learn, what motivates them, what the pitfalls are so that you can provide for them before they even hit them, to give them confidence. And I feel like the more you know them, even just using someone's name when you speak to them is so powerful because it makes them feel like you are invested in them. And as soon as they feel that you're invested in them, they feel like you you care, as you do, about how they do. And they care that you care. And they want to perform for you because they know that you're interested in them doing that and that you are motivated by them making progress. And so I have a student, let's call her Emily, for the sake of argument. And she always runs out of time in essays. And it's because she writes long, beautiful introductions, but they are so long and they need to not be long. And it means that she's never got time to do it. And the thing is, is that when I give essays back and I, I try to build in a little bit of time in my lessons where I can just go and have little individual chats with people. And those individual chats are helping those students to progress, but they're also done very much on purpose because each little one builds our relationship and gives us a little bit more of, a, of that foundation of relationship that we can build on build on build on so I say to this kid Emily you've written one of those long pieces I know you you've written one of those long beautiful introductions again and she thinks oh miss knows that that's my problem she has engaged with me it's not just mm -hmm. that you know it's not everybody needs to make sure that they work on timing it's your particular problem and what's going on with you and so I think that having those relationships with those students is is absolutely key. Yeah, I in a similar sort of vein, I tutor that I've recently started working with. His name is, um, let's say again for the sake of argument, his name is Federico, but he goes by a nickname. His nickname is is what he likes to be called, and his nickname is what his family calls him. And from the first session, I I used his nickname. And the first thing, one of the first things he said to me, he was very shy when we first started. One of the first things he said to me was, no tutor I've ever had has ever used my nickname. Aww. And I think from that moment, he he respected me. Yeah. And, and he began working very, very um, you know, confidently with me. Uh, 
more than him just respecting you, he recognised that you respected him, and that's what he's responding to, and that's what's really wonderful. Yeah, and I, I guess your years of, of teaching experience have helped you to be able to do that in a classroom with 25 children, not just one-on-one. It's much easier to do that one-on-one, but do you think that, 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 that that's true? Yeah, definitely, and <clears throat> uh, I'm still not brilliant at it. I think that differentiation and meeting the particular needs of a whole group of children, even for the most experienced teacher, is always a really, really challenging thing to do, especially huge number of classes and a a whole load of people to know um but I think it can be done and the thing is if you recognize how important it is you are motivated to do it because you know it's going to be part of progress and that's what we want from our students you know it and it also means that things like feedback is so much more meaningful when I write on someone's essay you know how they're doing and it is directed specifically to them and it's worded in such a way that I know is going to speak to them it is so much more likely to be impactful and then I'm doing my job better so it's worth it but it's still really challenging and that's so often I think why kids need tutoring because even the teachers with the best will in the world can't necessarily cater to everybody all the time and sometimes mm-hmm. students need building up so that they can re-enter that classroom experience and get more out of it. It's not to say that they are incapable of getting something out of it or that that teacher won't speak to them at some point, but sometimes they need to come in at a different place and you can do that as a tutor. Fran, um, the next kind of topic that I really wanted to touch on here with with you is is if uh, if you find that a student of yours uh, during tutoring sessions is struggling to understand the point, you know, really uh, is finding it hard to make that, to flick that switch and to make that jump, uh, what are your top tips for, for, for remedying this? Well, the first thing I would say is that uh, learning, both knowledge and skills, is all about stepping stones. And our role as a teacher and as a tutor is to realise, to work out which stepping stone our student is on and where they need to get to and what the stages are between where they are and where they need to get to. But also to make sure that they actually have everything they need to be where they are. And so I think that sometimes we actually need to go back a few steps as well and to make sure that the foundation of knowledge and skills that they've got to support them in where they are so that they can move forward is really, really strong. So I think sometimes going back a few steps in order to then make really good progress going forward is a really good idea. So I think the first thing is working out where your student is, where they need to go. And it's all about breaking down into the smallest possible chunks. You don't want a student to be leaping from step to step. You want them to be moving in a way that feels safe and secure and as risk-free as possible. Students don't like the feeling of getting things wrong. It makes them feel vulnerable. Um, And so we want to give them confidence by showing them that they actually can get things right. And that the way to progress is not in leaps and bounds, but in tiny incremental steps. So that's the first thing I would say. And the next is to make sure that the way forward is scaffolded. So you want to make sure that, you know, you've produced a worksheet or even that you've just thought about what 
guidance your student will need to be able to make that progress. So, for example, if they're writing an essay and they can't see how to sort of fit the information into an essay, breaking it down into its constituent parts and explaining the purpose of each part to what you're trying to achieve altogether. And, and I'm sure it's the same with, with learning language or learning how to do something in science or an equation in math. It's about making sure that the steps are well scaffolded so that the student is, is safe and secure as they, as they move up. The next thing I would say is modeling. So I've mentioned it before, students can feel like the things that we're asking them to do are too abstract and they don't know what that actually looks like in concrete terms the thing that we're asking them to do so show them what it looks like do it for them do an example for them or do a similar example or talk about an example show how you would go about answering the question or even a step back how you would go about working out what the answer to the question is all of those things are invaluable because we're showing students that we're all learning all the time and this is a process that we have to go through too and the last thing i would say was two more things one is to show that there is relevance in what they're doing and i've talked about that before purpose sometimes a student can can fail to get something because they feel like it's pointless and if they see that there is relevance to it they're much more likely to try doing it because they'll see that it will benefit them and i think sometimes as, as tutors we need to show that to them and the last thing is giving them safe opportunities to have a go you want to create an environment, and this is why relationship is so important as well. You know, you're talking about Federico and the fact that, you know, you're on nickname terms with him and he feels comfortable in your presence. So he's more likely to have a go because he knows that if he misses a hurdle, you're there to support him. But also recognizing that making mistakes doesn't matter because actually that is part of learning. We can say, well, that's not how to do it. So we can eliminate that and have a go at something else. Creating an environment where it's safe to have a go and also praising when, when students do make a little bit of progress, even if they haven't got to the place where they need to get to, if they feel praised and valued all the way on that journey to that thing, they're much more likely to carry on having a go. So there we go. Those are my tips. Hmm. Yeah, the two really important points. I think I think you touched on there amongst the five, or maybe six. You made I lost count. There were so many good good points there. But the the first one is certainly, and perhaps this this applies more appropriately to to, to younger uh, students. But yeah, this this positive feedback, this feeling that they have got something right, and that's that's really worth a celebration. Yeah, and definitely. With, yeah, the students I have that. You were right. Even if they haven't got to the point where they're able to answer the whole question fully, if they are able, to, suddenly they they write a really good introduction. That's really worth your time, giving them the the celebration, giving them the the, the, the positive feedback. And I think one of the the top tips I have learned in the last year of of, of tutoring that I've done is do the answer with them. When you set as a student a task, don't just sit there and watch them. Sometimes they can find that a little bit overbearing. Do the answer with them. You're not necessarily a teacher in a teaching environment. You're, you're sitting next to them. You're doing the answer with them. They can relate to that much more. So that's, you know, that, that's certainly something that you just mentioned. So we've looked at maybe how to help uh, students, but now we're going to shift the, the, the direction slightly. So what are your top three tips for, for young tutors who, who are starting out in the, in the business? Here they are. And I have genuinely limited myself to three. <laughs> I get carried away, <clears throat> but I have. So the first is, not surprisingly, 
get to know your student. And the way that I have thought about this is is through assessment. Now, it doesn't just mean it doesn't mean giving them a test. It means assessing where they are and who they are is part of that. And so getting to know them, getting to know where they are, you could do this through writing a questionnaire that you give to all of your students that have questions on about sort of what their interests are and what they enjoy in school um, describing a teacher that they really like. You can learn all sorts of things from things like that about how they like to learn, what kind of activities they like to do. All of these things can be really instructive for you as a tutor, showing you how to prepare for those lessons, but also it gives you an insight into what kind of kid this is. So getting to know them by assessing them as quickly as you can from the beginning, that's my first really key idea. The second one is about planning, making a plan with your student so that they have ownership over this whole process and they can see that there's a direction that they're going in. So you need to plan in the short term. What do I need to do sort of lesson by lesson? But also you need to plan in the long term. What is our long term goal? What do we want to achieve together in these sessions? And then you've got something that you can measure progress against. So I think that's really valuable. And the last thing is evaluation, self-evaluation. And I think it's something that we need to be doing as tutors, but it's also something that we need to be encouraging our students to do. So creating an environment in that tu tuition session where everybody is evaluating what's going on. So the student is evaluating their learning. That means that they recognize when they've made progress. And we've already talked about sometimes, progress is a little, little, little process. It's not, we ha we've achieved the big goal. And if we encourage students to be evaluative of what's going on, they might recognize that they've made progress. Also encouraging them to be evaluative means that they can stop a lesson and say, do you know what? I don't think I get this. And I think we need to go back a couple of steps until I do. But being evaluative yourself means that you're constantly going to get better at teaching and constantly get better at tutoring. So just spending a few minutes at the end of each session thinking what went well and I'm going to carry on doing that and what could be better? What could I do better next time? What didn't work? Why didn't it work? And what could I do next time that might be more appropriate or might have a better result? So those are my three key ideas. Assess, plan, evaluate. Wonderful. Wow, that, that was certainly very, very clear, Fran. Uh, and I'm sure in the, in the coming weeks, there will be there will be many more little golden nuggets of uh, info and advice like that. But, um, you know, if, if we can have tutors taking on board that that three uh, step plan, then, you know, again, we'll, we'll be making a, a class of tutors who, who are well, much, much more trained. Uh, and I wish again that I had had these words ringing in my ears when I had and I had uh, begun Tutoring. Oh, thanks, Ludo. And I'm really flattered that, especially that you use the term golden nuggets, because I use that myself in my classroom. I'm always saying to my students that for each point they make, they need a couple of really good nuggets of information. And they all laugh because they think I'm talking about chicken nuggets. So it's nice that we are, because I think I once said juicy nuggets, and I meant like juicy as in really interesting and good. But yeah. to them, that was succulent chicken. And I realized there was a real kind of generational gap. Yeah. So I'm glad you're with me, Ludo. It makes me feel slightly 
better about myself <laughs> wonderful yeah and, and next time uh, looking ahead i will be talking to to lucy williams a, a wonderful tutor who has uh, set up a, a close network of tutors to share the clients that she has built up over the over the years uh, and this should be particularly helpful for those tutors who are looking for work somewhere in between independent tutoring and, and working with an agency. So that should be a, a really helpful and informative session, uh, much like this one. Fran, thank you very, very much. Very um, kind of you to come on and, and share your thoughts with us. I think there's there's a whole uh, load in there and I've really, really enjoyed uh, discussing it with you. So thank you, Fran. You are very welcome. I've enjoyed it too. Wonderful. Thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor Podcast where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. We're always looking for motivated tutors to interview on the show. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, get in touch at podcast.qualifiedtutor.org. We'd love to learn from you.